Today we have a very, very special friend of Chimes. He is a true, true great digital health leader and entrepreneur, which I'm sure we're gonna learn a lot about today, who's launched multiple and led multiple companies, including HCI, the HCI Group actually, uh, and currently serves as their Chief Executive Officer, but he also serves as the Chief Executive Officer of Healthcare and Life Sciences at Tech Mahindra, which acquired HCI in 2017. He's the co-founder and partner in several other companies across many different industries, including construction, engineering, and professional staffing. He is truly a passionate person for healthcare, for making a difference, and, and actually making a difference across the entire globe. It'll be fun to spend some time with him today. That's why it's our pleasure to welcome one of our dear friends, Ricky Kaplan, the CEO of the ACI Group. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Russ. Pleasure to speak with you. Well, first and foremost, uh, we're in crazy times and health concerns and all of the kind of stuff. How are you and the family and uh, all our friends at ACI doing? You know, uh, we're, we're doing pretty good considering these crazy times. I, uh, I, I've been looking a lot at the silver linings and personally, you know, I've been on the road the past 10 years, as many people have. And I never could have imagined we could have worked from home. Um, I found a lot more time to be with the family and certainly uh, business has been extremely busy. Yeah, you actually, one of your uh, right-hand people uh, actually had a wedding this last weekend, didn't they? <laughs> That's right. It was supposed to be in Ireland, but instead it was uh, a very small one, I think, with just their parents. But uh, hopefully we'll get to celebrate in, uh, in, a, in a year or two when this is all gone. Well, with just a little fun and embarrassing them, uh, congratulations to Anthony and Rachel and your wedding. And we look forward to uh, one of these days celebrating a real service, hopefully in, uh, in Ireland in the coming up next year. So absolutely awesome. Well, you hang out in Jacksonville, Florida, which is not a bad place to hang out. I've been there a few times. Pretty nice weather, pretty nice sports area, pretty nice just overall outside. Uh, didn't get hit with all the Florida hurricanes as much either. So what do you do to kind of hang out and have fun there? So interesting times, but uh, my hobbies have definitely changed. I uh, probably like a lot of people have been taking a lot of calls and work calls outside. I think yesterday I ran eight miles while taking a number of calls and then I kayaked across the river to see my parents while on some work calls. So that's been a new hobby, working and uh, exercising outdoors at the same time. And I'd say the other one is just learning and getting to know my kids so much better and having a ton of fun, whether it's teaching them tennis or uh, playing silly games with them or watching all the Star Wars with them. So it's been a lot of fun lately. Well, that's, uh, that's actually living out your words there and, and actually walking the talk as you talked about making sure you use this time for, for better relationship with the families. That's actually a great role model. Now, I'm not sure I could run and have a conference call. I'd be either out of breath or maybe get <laughs> people. So I won't be taking that one up anytime, Ricky. Tell us a little bit about you know the vision and philosophy of even why you started HCI Group and kind of where it is today. It has definitely evolved. Uh, we, we actually started HCI at the kind of the, the height of the Great Recession and the peak of meaningful use around, um, we just saw an opportunity to, to uh, create a business. I had come from a family of a lot of medical professionals and uh, we, we took a leap of faith, but our, our, our vision and mission has, has changed quite a bit from a, being a two person company in a townhome in Atlanta to you know, being a company the size we are today. Um, I can tell you at that point in time, it was just to, create a business and, and, and learn 
and hopefully do some good. And, and today our, our mission is very clear. Uh, we're your partner in advancing health and well-being through digital transformation and solutions. So, so as I mentioned in the introduction, something pretty major occurred with the company in 2017 uh, with some people I've got to know uh, in my travels in India and other places, and that's Tech Mahindra. Tell us about that little, not so little transition, but uh, I'll call it a little transition that occurred for the HCI group. Yeah, uh, I can tell you uh, my, uh, my brother-in-law, who was my co-founder, Greg Jones, and I had built HCI to become you know, one of the largest uh, healthcare technology consulting firms, but we were primarily doing strategy implementation, training, and support of electronic health records. I think we were about a thousand employees and a thousand contractors at that point in time. And Greg came to me and said, hey, Ricky, I'm feeling called to go into the ministry and I wanna to go to, uh, to seminary. And so I'm like, well, Greg, maybe we should take some of these uh, strategic acquisition calls we've been getting a little bit more seriously. And uh, interesting enough, Tech Mahindra was one that had called him. And uh, Greg shared with me that he had a, a, a international company looking at acquiring us. I, had, I knew very little of them, certainly wasn't who I thought we would be selling to. But as I got to meet C.P. Gernani, who's my boss, the CEO of uh, Tech Mahindra, um, I learned that they were a fascinating organization, very entrepreneurial for a company their size. They're uh, 117,000 employees, um, part of the Mahindra Group, which is 21 billion in revenue. And our chairman, my chairman, is a gentleman named Anand Mahindra, who's kind of like a legend in India. He's like a mix of a Rockefeller and Bill Gates, just does a lot of good in that country. And I was amazed at the entrepreneurship they showed and then their capabilities in digital transformation. And they, uh, they agreed to give me a lot of rope um, and to transform our business model. <laughs> I can say, you know, I, I didn't have the vision of what was going to transpire over these next few years. It's definitely had its share of challenges. But they've been a phenomenal partner. Um, and and I, I say they, but I'm now part of them and, and plan to, to say for the foreseeable future as their CEO of Healthcare Life Sciences. So, you know, at the time you were acquired, I think you could say probably in the world of consulting firms, you know, you've got the giants, the Deloitte's and the Accenture's and stuff. So that would probably make you all at the time what we would call a larger or medium-sized organization. And we see a lot of those acquisitions happen. And bluntly, most of the time, that previous company kind of dissolves their vision, their philosophies, everything just disappear. And basically, that company really kind of disappears. That doesn't seem like it's been the case over the last three years with HCI Group. You still kind of have the feel that you have, even though you're large, still that family feel and that relational feel. Why has this transition been different than most of the ones we see in the industry? Great question. I, I could go back to a, to a bet I had with Ivo Nelson and Carl Dvorak and, and say it was all pride that, uh, that I said it would be successful. But um, honestly, it's been a, a team effort. And I think one of the things we did in this um, merger that may have been different in others is we really aligned our interests and goals, whether that be values or even financial goals. I, I, I actually, I think I shared this with you before, Russ, but there was some offers for, for more cash than, than what the purchase price was. Um, but we, we didn't focus on that. We focused on the right partnership um, and, and how we could build something truly transformational. 
and uh, and and that's what we did. And uh, we've had our hurdles. Um, you know, a lot of them are well known about in the industry. But it's amazing just seeing the resilience of people and innovation and how we've been able to shift our focus. There's a there's a book that I'm sure you know a lot of us have read called Who Moved My Cheese, and uh, that was the 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 key to success. We knew that the EHR implementation market, it would always be around, but it's not going to allow you to grow into the multi-billion dollar organization that we're becoming. And we knew we needed to focus on digital transformation, um, how to help our companies innovate and evolve, and, and uh, you know, look forward to discussing some of those things with you. Yeah, you talked about evolving. Um, we had this little thing happen to us in March that caused us all to uh, radically change everything we do pretty much in, in our entire lives, whether personal or professional, being COVID. And obviously, for some people, really tough situations, and our hearts and prayers go out to them, you know, as, whether that be family loss or financial and businesses. But you all really used it as a pivot opportunity. And what are you doing, one, to continue that pivot and, and try to flex in there? You just mentioned one with the digital work. But, you know, where, where does that really kind of lead you all to? Because some have struggled with making that pivot during this period of time. Yeah, I, I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure we've all heard the saying, never let a great crisis go to waste. And uh, I think that that, that applies to, uh, to us. The first thing we had to do, um, besides care for the, the health and well-being of our employees and partners, was figure out how we were going to operate. It, clearly, we weren't going to require people to come into the office. And we, I think we decided this on a Friday when we heard rumors that the state of Florida was about to shut down. And uh, over the weekend came up with a plan to go all virtual and implemented it on a Monday. And I was really fortunate to have hired um, Ed Marks as our chief digital officer. And he had shared some of the ways they operated at Cleveland Clinic using basically the, the team huddle meetings where they touched you know, the front lines of the, of the organization all the way up to the executive briefing measuring key metrics. And so the first thing we did was we implemented those and we did it in one day. And I can tell you, boy, did that shine a lot of light on our organization, how we can operate more efficiently um, and, and how we can operate uh, more pr profitably and empower our employees. And uh, it, it really cut out, I think, uh, just a lot of um, um, it, it shined a lot of transparency on, on, on what we did as an organization. And we've continued to operate better and better. I personally was probably one of the most skeptical people that we had a bunch of young people in our sales and recruiting and account management. I'm like, these guys are just going to watch, no offense, but Netflix all day or goof off or check ESPN a little bit more. And I can tell you, I, I, I'm pleased that I was a hundred percent wrong. They, they have all been so impressive and the company has responded and we're operating more efficiently than we've ever operated in the past. So that's the kind of the internal move. I can tell you from a strategic direction standpoint, there were a few key ingredients taking place. Um, one was a big focus of ours was how are we going to change uh, our business model from doing implementations to uh, creating managed services and digital transformation to help our customers decrease operating expenses. And so we had had some success with some large wins that are, are probably known in the market today. A few large health systems that had uh, chosen us to, to be their managed service provider for infrastructure and, and different sorts of applications. But there was a really large organization in the Southwest United States that uh, we had been in 
very long conversations with and had won a RFP and we actually expedited that and in the peak of COVID in March, uh, signed the contract and started the transition, which was done very successfully, 100% virtually, which so it saved a lot of um, costs for both organizations there. But interestingly enough, this organization was able to save 30% on their five-year TCO, um, which was very significant. One of the hardest parts was actually determining what, what their um, uh, run costs were. And so th this engagement took, um, had HCI Tech Mahindra taking over all of their data centers, field services, help desk, SOC, NOC, into all of their applications, including their EHR and quarterly upgrades. And so that to me, I learned a lot and, and saw this as a huge opportunity. And our pipeline since COVID occurred, just in that space of organizations looking to reduce operating expenses has grown 4X. There's a lot of large organizations that don't wanna be in the commodity IT or run IT or just don't frankly have the talent and capabilities to keep up with the pace of um, technology that are looking to find partners to provide those services. So that was one thing that we had already been working on, but really took flight during um, COVID. A uh, lot of opportunities as well in digital transformation. We have seen a lot of opportunities in robotic process automation. If you look at um, the, the RPA space today, I believe there's about 770 service providers or consulting firms that are, have RPA capabilities. And we're one of the only firms in the entire world that's the highest level certification for all seven major RPA platforms. So that's been a huge area of interest. And I think there's a lot of use cases that are new to healthcare that are leading to a lot of efficiencies and savings. And then last and not least, and maybe this will be a separate conversation, Russ, but we saw an opportunity to pivot um, in the virtual health. And that's kind of the story with um, Ed Marks that I'd be happy to share. Yeah, so, you know, that, that's a great transition is, and talk a little bit about what you're seeing with your customers, what you're seeing in the industry in that virtual space. And I mean, everybody can talk about virtual health. The whole world, you know, went to telemedicine and have lots, but now kind of making it really work well. I talked to one organization that said they adopted 13 different telehealth platforms in a matter of a month, and they have no idea how any of them talk to each other as a perfect example. And whether it be remote observation or, or, you know, organizations just, this happened so fast and they did an amazing job keeping the ship running. But now it's time to, as you mentioned earlier, get the ship running really efficiently and make sure this is a great thing. What are you seeing in the industry? Yeah, great, great question. And so that is actually the, the problem statement that Ed Mark saw at his previous organization and, and why one of the re main reasons he came to join us. Um, I, I, you know, if, if you speak with him, he'll share the industry, most organizations, even leading organizations have dozens of solutions, whether it be telehealth or portals or just different point solutions that they stitch together to create their virtual health ecosystem. And when you look at the electronic health record, you basically have an Epic or a Cerner or a Meditech or a leading EHR that has become an enterprise-wide solution for the hospital. But we don't have that today in the virtual health space. And so as we uh, talked about it, he shared how he'd spent a lot of time with Microsoft and Google and Amazon and some of these leading companies looking at a 
Lighthouse partnership saying, hey, can one of you fill this gap so I have one solution that's really focused on human-centered design? And we shared a little bit more about some of the digital acquisitions we had made. There's four firms I'll mention really quickly that we've acquired over the past few years that have brought some really unique capabilities to the table. The first one is a company called Pininfarina, which uh, is a top 20 brand on the Italian Consumer Index. They're on the physical design side. So they design like the Ferrari, the Maserati, the new Coke machines, the Cisco switchboards to the Olympic torch, but really just beautiful design capabilities. Then we acquired a company out of London called the Bio Group, which was top in their class. And one of their um, key success stories was actually taking the major airline in the United Kingdom, British Airways, and helping them reimagine their consumer journey from website to their apps and how they engage with customers through technology. The next one is a company called MadPal, based out of Boston, which is top in their class in human-centered design. And the last one I'll mention and most recent is the Born Group, which is a world leader in digital consumer design and experience. Um, uh, 25% of the Fortune 1000 companies' websites are done or touched by these guys. So this would be like Starbucks and Nike and Anheuser-Busch. And so Ed's like, wow, you have these amazing capabilities. Why can't we address this and maybe tackle this problem? And so that was in January, end of January. And then of course, COVID happened and everyone went from five telehealth visits to 5,000 telehealth visits overnight. And we're like, well, maybe we should move a little bit faster. And so what we had done is we had uh, um, already been doing a lot of due diligence in the space and we found uh, a leading and emerging um, platform that had come out of the long-term living space, moved on to telehealth and remote patient monitoring uh, that was built on the latest and greatest technology stacks that had had uh, a tremendous growth in the you know short time frame during COVID, and we made a strategic investment and have taken that platform, um, taken over the development with these human-centered design capabilities, and built a fully integrated virtual health platform. Um, and today, it's already live in eight health systems. It's also a joint venture with the several leading health systems. So you think like the health catalysts and conifers of the world that have been created as these JVs. That's that's the kind of um, um, opportunity this is. And then one other thing I'll, I'll leave, there's an organization that has the number one ranked um, app in the Apple Store for their digital front door. And we had done that development. And so we've taken a lot of our lessons learned and experience, and we're also creating the leading digital front door that would be part of it. So uh, that's where we've transitioned. And I can tell you, it has really resonated um, just about every um, organization I've talked to is interested in one level or another of how this applies and, and, and us helping them plan their digital and virtual strategies. And it's been a really interesting too, as it's really been a C-suite conversation. It's not really led by the CIO necessarily. It's the CMO and CEO and chief innovation officer and chief marketing officer that are really engaging. Um, and it's just been a really awesome conversation to have. And I think it's where the future goes. Yeah, it's it, it definitely we're living in a world of uh, COVID speed change in our industry, to say the least. And, and that can be a little daunting for a lot of these organizations that maybe are used to running at maybe a little bit more monolithic pace, to say the least. So how are you helping people just through this concept of change? I mean, this is just hard. It's hard on people. It's hard on organizations. It's hard on communities. 
How do you all help? I mean, even just your team, how do you help your team through this, Ricky? Yeah, I, I think that's a good question. Personally, there's, there's, you're missing a lot of that human interaction that I think we, we've met for. So I'm spending a lot of time making calls, checking in with people. We, we've implemented uh, basically weekly leadership um, town halls that we're having with our company. And a lot of the conversation and, and the number one priority is, um, you know, our, our relationship with, with God and then putting our family first in these times. And I think if, if those parts of, of, of someone are in line and working well, that they're going to be much more productive as an employee. And so we've put a lot of emphasis on from different, you know, recognition committees to how we're outreaching, communicating and staying in touch. And uh, I think it's been really impactful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, now that things have gotten back to normal, not really, I'd say that almost satirically, organizations are back to trying to operate inpatient, trying to operate outpatient, try to still handle many or full COVID surges. This is obviously a lot of stress on those organizations. And one of the things I've been hearing a lot lately is, and we probably heard this our whole career, Ricky. I mean, I've been hearing this for 30 plus years in healthcare. And, you know, this year is going to be all about doing more with less. Well, really in the past, it was probably doing more with about the same or maybe not as much as I wanted to get. Now it really is about doing more with less. Organizations are trying to figure out, be finally really trying to be efficient, less expense, but even trying to get more out of the stuff they've already purchased and put in place. And you mentioned some of the things you're doing, but what are you seeing organizations do to take on really one of the greatest periods of challenge they've ever had to do more with less. Absolutely. So I did touch on one area earlier and, and that's, you know, the conversation of what are we in the business of doing and, and are we the best people to be doing this? Is there an opportunity to take 30, 40, 50% of our costs out by leveraging technology and experts? And so, I mentioned that earlier that we've seen a, a, a big uptick, but the other area that I think is really interesting, um, and I haven't talked about the other new businesses uh, we're launching for uh, um, some specific reasons that it, it hasn't been announced publicly yet, but we are actually seeing organizations that really want to innovate and create new businesses and find alternative revenue streams. And so we are creating some joint ventures with some health systems to tackle problems um, and 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 create solutions that are gonna gonna make both of us um, an opportunity to create alternative revenue streams. And so uh, there's a there's a few key partners where we'll be launching um, some more companies in addition to Health Next, which I already mentioned. And those are the leaders that I really think get it. Um, they see opportunities to not only decrease their costs but create new opportunities and new revenue streams. Yeah, there's there's definitely so many opportunities, and, and and even if you don't agree with the overall macro number, I mean, Intermountain came out with a, a number many years ago now, probably five years ago now, that said that you know 60, 70 percent of all healthcare delivered in the United States, not just the clinical side, meaning the business of healthcare, is waste. There's just so much opportunity yep. to to run efficiently, and so difficult, obviously. So let's talk a little bit about your philosophy when. 
if I was a new customer of yours and I asked you the question, what does customer success look like? What does success look like to you if we were to engage you? What do you think that that means? So clearly we have to be professionals and execute you know, on what we say we're going to do and deliver on time and on budget. Those are intangibles. But where I look at our best relationships um, and best partnerships that I would say are, are a success, they're the ones where people just trust us and know we're going to do the right thing and we're going to come to them proactively and they're going to be a good partner. And, you know, a lot of these key relationships, probably a lot of them are, are, are Chime members, you know, they're, they're, texting relationships where we know each other's family and we're there for each other um, through thick and thin and we know we're going to do the right things and so to me i think it's obvious that you have to do what you say you're going to do and you have to do a good job but i really think it's successful when you can build that kind of relationship um, to where you have each other's back um, and and you don't even have to ask um, you know people are going to do the right things and you know I, i'd add to that that as, as those relationships blossom, you're going to find lots of new opportunities to innovate and really create um, a lot more success than what you were engaged to do. Yeah, interesting. So we're at this place in time where I won't say we're post COVID by any means whatsoever, because we still don't have a vaccine. We still don't have normalcy in any way across this country or even across the world. Um, so what do you think this next period of time looks like? Six months, 12 months, 18 months. What do you think this kind of looks like? I think that there's a lot of unknowns and things still to play out. Uh, you know, we don't know who's going to win the presidential election. We don't know when and if there'll be a successful vaccine. And even if there will, will we need boosters? How effective will it be? So on and so forth. We're already seeing disruption in industries that will never go back to what they were pre-COVID. I spoke to the uh, executive leadership of a really large health system recently uh, who they've done really well. I think they've gotten up to 90% of their pre-COVID numbers. And they actually have told their leadership and board that they don't ever see themselves getting back to where they were pre-COVID and it's a leading health system. And so I think that healthcare as we know it is going to change. I, obviously we've talked about, I believe much of it's gonna be done virtual. We're gonna be able to leverage technology. And I think our interactions are gonna be different. People are just adapting to technology much faster than we ever would. I heard someone say 2030 is becoming 2021 um, or at least what the previous 2030 would have been expected to be. But I also think things like travel. So look at airlines. That will never go back to what it was because business travelers who made up a huge chunk of that, even though there will be, will be some travel, they won't travel like they used to. We've already, we've already said when it's healthy and able to travel, we're going to do 50% less travel. And I bet some other organizations are doing more than that. Commercial real estate. I can't tell you how many healthcare executives I've spoken to that have said, we're going 100% virtual everywhere we can. We're moving out of the big cities um, and we're gonna allow our people to live in the countryside. And they are gonna have some commercial space, but it's gonna be hoteling or innovation and, and, and much, much smaller footprints. Obviously that has a trickle down impact on 
restaurants and hotels and other, other sorts of industries. The good news is we're a country of innovators and I think there's gonna be tremendous opportunity in technology. Um, I believe you'll see a big infrastructure deal no matter who's elected where there's gonna be a lot of um, opportunity around our federal and national in infrastructure. I think we'll see other um, platforms and technologies emerging. And so I do think we'll be, a we'll be resilient as a country and as a globe, but there's gonna be a huge reskilling that takes place and transformation um, from some of the things that have always been done to what the future looks like. So our time's getting close to an end here, and, and you've had a lot of different people that have poured into your life in different ways. You've mentioned quite a few of them on our time together. But what's kind of your ability to share with our, with our audience, what's kind of one great philosophy, a, a pearl of wisdom, something that you want to share with our audience to kind of remember our time together by? Thanks for asking that, Russ. For me, uh, you know, and I think COVID brings this under a microscope. There, there's really only one thing that's that's eternal. Most of most things are going to pass. Our life on Earth is very temporary, um, but you know, our relationship with God and and how that trickles into how we treat and love other people is really the most important thing that's been highlighted to me through this. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. There's a lot of uncertainty. But, but that relationship is, is the one key learning. And I can, I can give you lots of lessons about how that trickles into doing the right thing and, and, and kind of your mentality and an approach to business. And by no means have I been perfect. You've known me long enough. I have plenty of flaws and, and, and continue to strive to, to do better. But, but that's the key message and takeaway that I think really resonates in this day and age of uncertainty. Well, that is exactly why we wanted to have you on the program today, and I know our listeners will absolutely cherish the time and in hearing your wisdom that you shared. Ricky, thanks for who you are, not just to our industry and to Chime, but to so many people individually as a personal and dear friend to them, uh, whether they're people in high places or just the average person in our industry. You treat everybody the same with, with care and compassion. Thank you for who you are, and thank you for all you do. Russ, thank you. Thank you for your friendship, and uh, thank you for taking this time with me today. And we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for listening to this episode of our Leader to Leader podcast series. You can visit us at Spotify, Apple, or at our website, chimecentral.org forward slash media for this and all of our programs. But for now, please take care. Stay home if you can. If you can't wear your mask, be safe, and God bless.